made him great are now destroying him. Mm-hmm. And on some level, he seems to understand it. And he, you know, he was done. All he had to do was walk away, and he couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, I think if he was being honest with you, he has no idea if he is not the person playing this game. He has no idea who he is if he's not the person playing the game. And so, you know, you, that is prime fodder for the themes of the cost of these streams, this podcast we're talking about, because it's like, that's what it is. It's, it's not, it, it, they're calculations. They're, they're, you know, cost benefit analysis that people do. And athletes almost always, always make the wrong decision. Mm-hmm. I've, I've talked about this a lot on iHeartRadio, and, and it's it's dealing with the, the term used to be, I used to be, or hey, didn't you used to be? And I and I can't help but sit back and just wait for the story to come out about, about Tom Brady in, in the way of that, you know, how did he battle that used to be? Well, it, it, it's that uh, uh, he, they hang on to it yeah. way too long. You know, there's that great... There's that great John Updike quote, the mask eats the face. And what happens is, you know, Tom Brady started wanting to be a quarterback when he was 15 years old. And so functionally, he's making decisions that a 15-year-old would make, not that a 45-year-old would make. Hmm. And that happens over and over and over and over again, where some long-vanished, almost childlike version of you holds so much sway over adult use decision-making process. It's, it's almost insane, you know, uh, and yet it happens over and over and over again. You take journalism to a new level of, of relationship with, with your listeners. And, and what I mean by that is, is that I didn't know this story about Muhammad Ali. I, you know, I grew up watching Muhammad Ali. My God, I mean, it, it, was, it was what we did in, in, in those ages. But then to hear of the disappearance, one man disappears. Didn't know this story until, until, until you brought it to us. Well, you know, Muhammad Ali fought 50 people. Yes. And uh, uh, we know what happened to 49 of them. And uh, we, we wouldn't even know that a guy would leave. We wouldn't even know that a guy was missing, except that this crazy autograph collector started trying to find, uh, find all the autographs. By the way, that noise you heard in the background was my two-year-old I love who it. just walked into a room and saw me. No, that was hilarious. She <laughs> was like, uh, it was, it was, it's like she was shocked I was still here. And, uh, but no, man, I mean, it, it's, uh, she's like, you're, you're still, you're still on the phone. The, uh, 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 no, but I mean, it, 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 you know, Muhammad Ali fought 50 people and one of them disappeared. His name was Jimmy Robinson. He was Muhammad Ali's uh, sixth fight. And this story is about trying to find out what happened to him and why he disappeared and, you know, meditates a little bit on what does it mean to have existed. Yeah, a lot of people don't understand the cost. And and what I mean by that is is that, you know, what what is the performer doing out there on that court or on that field and things like that? We see them in their moments of being a hero for the team, but we don't understand the the expectation of the cost that the person is putting into the game. Well, and that and that like what it takes from you. Yes. Uh that you know, the idea that you know, you don't you lose some essential part of yourself along the way. And that happens over and over and over again. And, uh, 
you know, uh, just over, over and over and over again. And, and you, know, you look at Michael Jordan, who uh, you know, struggled for a long time with the fact that he was no longer Michael Jordan. Right. And uh, I, don't know, I don't know if people know this now, but he's a very high-level deep-sea fisherman. <laughs> yes, he is. We hear about that in Carolina all the time. Yes, he is. <laughs> You know they're crushing it. Though. They're crushing it. They're catching big fish. And and I and I love the idea that that he's also making his mark in NASCAR. That that you know, and he's always grown. And, and that's what's inspired me about Michael. Because I mean, inside my safe, twenty six baseball cards that 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 I collected with Michael Jordan when he was part of the Barons. And, and because I I enjoy watching people grow in areas that people don't expect him to be. Well, you know, the thing people don't realize about Michael is that his dad was uh, a mechanic in the military, and his dad, you know, if you went and talked to, uh, if you went and pulled up into, you know, uh, James Jordan's driveway in 1981, there would have been a car on blocks that he was repairing. And so Michael just grew up around cars, and, uh, you know, it... He grew up around cars much more than basketball. You know, wow. it's interesting that that later in life, this is what he's come to. Yeah, yeah. How do you put your stories together for the podcast? Does it come to you in the way of an author receiving, you know, the, what what their next story is going to be, or is it something that that you know you, you you've got to lay it all out, you've got to plan it out and format it out like like a true broadcaster or journalist? The well, you know, I mean, as you know very well that uh, the producer does all the work. Hi, producer listening in. Uh, 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 So I work for these great folks called Goat Rodeo. And so we went through every one of my stories because what they're trying to do is reinvent a new genre. I mean, in some ways, this is beta testing for what the future of books on tape is going to look like. And so, I mean, that's what that's what you're really if you you know, if you download this and listen to it because of the stories, obviously, but also because this is. This is what a book on tape is going to be. Well, th- this is my companion. When I'm driving in the car or I'm at work, this is my companion. When I'm walking out here in this forest in South Charlotte, North Carolina, I've got to have my companion. And that's what I love about this is that you're, you're giving me an oh wow factor and, and I learned something from it. So you, you, you put a lot of attention into, okay, I'm going pu- to plant this seed. You, you may not see us grow with it, but we're, we are. Well, it, it is... I'll say this, I, I, I know these stories really well. And when I went back and listened to them, I experienced them in a new way. Wow. So, I mean, I think that you definitely, you learn something, you feel something new. I mean, I did, and I know this stuff very, very well. I was kind of, you know, I mean, I was a little skeptical of the whole thing and I, I was totally blown away. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You you really dig into some history here too, because I, I grew up uh, uh, idolizing Ted Williams, and 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 so I have to ask the question: Was he was he you know into the community as ma- as much as a lot of these these uh, these sports heroes are these like LeBron James and stuff like that? Uh, repeat that again. Was he what? Was he into the community? In other words, did he support his community? I mean, because the world was supporting Ted Williams, but was he supporting them? No, not really, Ted. Ted really didn't until very late in his life. Ted didn't really care about anyone except Ted Williams. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, but his childhood, like put it this way, his mother lived through his entire. (laughs) (laughs) 
Keep singing. I love it. I know. I love it. I love it. (laughs) His mother lived through his entire career and never once saw him play. Well, that's odd. And when she died, he flew home, paid for the funeral, went to her house, found every single family photograph, and burned them. Mm. Mm. You know, there's a lot of trauma going on with Ted. Mm. You also put a lot of focus on Tony Harris, a college basketball hero, and something happens in the Brazilian jungle. That is an interesting story that I want listeners to tap into because you really have this this way of opening up our hearts. Well, you know, Tony Harris was a star basketball player at Washington State, uh, had a great Sweet 16 run, and ended up playing all over the world, uh, you know, like, like a lot of guys do for for a pretty good career mm-hmm. and his last team was in Brazil and this is a story about the last four days of his life when he was running from people who were chasing him and so you have the narration of that and also the secondary and ultimately primary narrative of you the reader trying to figure out if anyone is actually chasing him or not mm, man sharing these stories do you do you feel like a uh, um you know, th- that it's the calling, that, that it's that one moment that because you've experienced it, because there, there are many times in which, like when I talk with musicians and stuff like that, it's it's like, wow, I it, that they're going to be here forever. We didn't get this story for the inside sleeve of an album, but through this podcast, which is going to be out there, it's, it's, it's like we're talking to a future listener. Well, you know, I don't, I mean, uh, I'm trying to talk to as many listeners today as possible, <laughs> yeah. but I mean, the... Uh, uh, you know, it, it is interesting to sort of see a new medium take your work and do something with it. That was certainly, uh, I, I thought that was, uh, it was very cool the first time I listened to it. Yeah. Yeah. So now with, with viewership, uh, you know, kind of sliding when it comes to watching sports and stuff like that, do you see a new age sports hero, uh, you know, given a rebirth or a reboot? Because it, it's, it seems like that, you know, it, not everybody's following one person anymore. We're following a ton of people. Well, you know, although the thing that's interesting is that, you know, sports is the only thing that's TiVo proof. And so uh, I think the, the sports rights, the price is only going to go up and up and up. I mean, we do follow a lot, but I mean, kind of not really. Like, no one really watches golf unless mm-hmm. Tiger Woods is playing. Like, that's not really a major sport. Right. Uh, you know, the uh, the world really watches, I mean, the NFL and they watch, uh, international football and, uh, and then, you know, like, I think there's nothing more stultifyingly boring than a regular season baseball game. And there's <laughs> nothing more exciting than a playoff baseball game. Right. It's so true. It's so and true. So, you know, like, I, you, I, I mean, I, you know, so it, it, there's just a lot more options. Well, yeah, and, and you know, and ESPN was such a master in creating the Sports Center in 